When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Hello, dear friends. Good uh, evening. Such a beautiful, beautiful evening. So let's continue to read this beautiful, wonderful book, The Adventures of uh, Odysseus. So yesterday we have uh, talked about uh, the Trojan War and uh, like any war, war in the world it started with uh, with something that is so well not important and important it about jealousy it is it was about jealousy it was about uh, the temptation it was about uh, it was about uh, the, 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 the seduction from a woman. Anyway, <clears throat> so it came from, it all started from the golden apple. Hermes, the little playboy Hermes, the play around, uh, making trouble Hermes, gave Paris a prince, Paris, prince, gave the, the, the Prince Paris uh, and golden apple and go, uh, a golden apple and uh, he asked him to give this golden apple to one of the three beautiful ladies in front of him and these three beautiful women are no stranger and no ordinary women they are Eha, Asina, and Aphrodite. They control the whole world. That's woman power. That's woman power. That's woman empowerment, right in front of your eyes. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, Hera will give him the land, real estate, give him car, give him a, a, a house, give him a palace. And Asina will give, give him the power to win any war. He was hesitating, mm, uh, mm, uh, could not decide. And Aphrodite would give him the most beautiful woman in the world. Without any hesitation, he took the woman. And that ignited the war because nobody was happy except this, this beautiful woman. And also he took uh, a married woman and uh, Helen. Helen married to the king of Sparta. Of course, they will have a, a fight. I think it's a mini, mini, mini... Minilians. Anyway, <clears throat> so <clears throat> he eloped with a married woman. So that's 
the starting point of the biggest war in the whole wide world history, the Trojan War. <clears throat> and uh, all the, the Greek kings, the king of uh, Essica, which is, uh, which is uh, uh, Odysseus, the king um, Agamemnon, and other king and and other kings went to fight the war and win the war, and they went back home. And Odysseus was set sail to go back home. That's his journey back home. The stranger. Nine long years had passed since. The great and terrible victory. Nine summers and nine winters had passed. And on the island of Essica, the people were still waiting for the return of their king, the king of Essica, Odysseus. For Odysseus, who had who, uh, who, for Odysseus had not come home for the Trojan War. They were waiting nine years. They have waited for nine years, and uh, Odysseus has still not yet coming back. Every day, his wife, Penelope, looked out over the restless sea, wondering whether he was dead. Or alive, she might become a widow of a sailor. Anyway, every day his son Telemachus, who had been a baby when the war began and was now nineteen years old, wondered whether his father's body. Was rolling somewhere deep beneath the blue waves. Yeah. So it's a, a single mother with a, with a, a young boy. Life is miserable. The island was in a state of chaos. It had been without a king. For nineteen years, suitors had invaded Odysseus' feasting hall. A motley company of princes, warriors, merchants, and chancers trying their luck. All of them were hoping to win Penelope's hand in marriage and were trying to persuade her that Odysseus was dead. But Penelope refused to believe them. She clung to the slender hope that somewhere in the wide world he was still alive. She had told the suitors that she would choose a new husband, only when she had finished weaving a shroud 
for Odysseus' father. Every day, she sat working at the loom, but every night, by the light of the moon, she unravelled all that she had woven during the day. So the shoot was never finished, and the suitors waited, passing the time by drinking Odysseus' wine, slaughtering his cattle, flirting with his, with his maid servants, and mocking his memory. So. As you can you you can see that、um, for nineteen years the king of Ithaca, Odysseus, did not come back home, and、uh, the island, his kingdom, was in a total chaos. A country without a king, for a kingdom, a country without a king, for nineteen years without a leader, of course. Even now, with leader, we still the country is, well, you know, different ideas and things. Imagine nineteen years without a leader, right? And、uh, so everyone was、um, trying to be the king. How to be the king is to marry the queen, because the king was dead. They say they 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 tell Penelope, your husband is dead. In the ocean, and the only way、uh, that you can control this country or the country is back in order is to have a king. And because you are the queen, and anyone who marry you will become the queen, the king. That is woman's power. That is woman's empowerment, right? Anyway, I have seen one、uh, one book、uh, a review and say this is a. Misogynious and something. I, I kind of not thinking so. Anyway, I was thinking, in, this lady is controlling big time, and Penelope was very smart. She waved. She she told everyone, I will finish waving, weaving these clothes, and then you can. Once I finished weaving, I will marry. But she can never finish it because during the day she weaves slowly, nicely, elegantly, and during the night dismantle it and unweave all the all her weaving. So it was never finished. But she covered this for three years. She was very smart. She covered this for three years. But at the end. The suitors, the merchants, and the chancers, and the prince, and anyone else start to notice.、Mm? There must be something wrong. So they noticed that she was doing this trick, and、uh, so it's quite a crucial moment that she needs to choose a husband. Otherwise, the whole country will be totally collapsed. And all these people came to Odysseus' palace and drink his wine, eat his cattle, and laugh at him. Gosh, this miserable guy! <laughs> We are taking over. 
Meanwhile, at the same time, on another island, a stranger was a stranger was staggering out of the sea. His hair and beard were tangled and matted with sand. With salt, his whole body was caked with white brine. Half dead with exhaustion, he crawled on his hand and knees across the sand. He made his way to a grove of trees and buried himself beneath. The dead leaves scattered on the ground. He closed his eyes, and fell instantly into a sweet, oblivious palm of sleep. He was too tired. Whatever condition, he just needed to sleep. So he fell into a sweet sleep. He. It was the daughter of the king of that island who found him. Her name was Nausika, 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 Nausika. At first, she thought the stranger was dead, but when she cautiously reached down and touched his arm. It was warm. She took his shoulder and woke him. She fetched him a cup of water and a piece of clothes to cover his nakedness. That's a, a little bit embarrassing. She led led the stranger to his to her father's palace. She showed him a room where he could wash himself, and she sent servants to bring him clothes to wear. So, from a total, a total piece of of messed up, she changed him into a decent. Young man. As soon as he was alone, the stranger sponged himself from head to foot, washing the salt from his skin. He rubbed oil into his shoulders, neck, and arms. He dressed himself in the fine clothes. Then, Princess Nausika. Led him to her father's bronze-floored feasting hall. King Alcinous, Alcinous, King Alcinous, was sitting on his golden throne. He looked the stranger up and down. Sit down, eat, drink. He said, "Meat, bread." Wine, honey cake, barley meal, and water were served. Gratefully, the stranger set 
at a table and ate. He ate for a long time. When at last his raging appetite had been satisfied, and he was sitting back in his chair and wiping a crumb, wiping the crumbs from the corners of his mouth, King Alcino said, "There is food for the body, and there is food for the soul, stranger." Now that you have eaten, sit back and listen. My storyteller will entertain and enrich you with a story. So he nourished himself with with food. Now he is entertained with storytelling. The doors of the hall were thrown open, and an old blind storyteller was led into the hall. He stared in front of him. He stared in front of him, as though he were peering into a world nobody else could see. His eyes, yellowy white and swollen. With cataracts, he lifted his lyre to his shoulder and started to play. He threw back his head and burst into song. Yellowish white eye. He started to sing. Okay, let's continue. I sing of the bronze scaean gates of the city of Troy. I sing of those bronze gates swinging open, and the mighty Trojan army riding out with a whirling of wheels and a creaking of chariots. With a neighing of horn of horses, and a shouting of men, with a thundering of hoofs and marching feet, I sing of Prince Paris, his cloak billowing behind him, his sword hungry. For the savor of blood, I sing of the Trojan army pouring across the plain, and I sing of the clash of bronze against bronze, as the Trojan army meets the Greeks, like two rivers in full spate. Each with its float, floatsen of uprooted trees, crashing into one another, and I sing of the Greek heroes, mighty Achilles, serving heads with every stroke, severing, severing heads with every stroke. Nimble-witted Odysseus, 
trailing awake of the dead, and old Nestor fierce among among his foes. Stop. King Alcinous put his hand on the old man's shoulder. Stop, stop. Our guest, he is weeping. His face is buried in his hands. So his face is buried in his hands. His shoulders are shaking. Stranger, who are you? Why does this story bring such grief? So this young man was so emotional at that moment. The stranger lifted his head and looked at the king. His cheeks wet and glistening with tears. King Alcino got up from his throne and seized one of the stranger's hand. Nobody, whether of high or low degree, goes nameless in this world. Tell us who you are. We will listen to your story and learn, and I will send one of my highest proud ships to take you to the place you are seeking. The stranger looked into the king's face. He looked at the old storyteller and the princess. Then he slowly drew himself up to his full height, to his full height took a deep breath and began to speak. I have used many names, but the name by which you would know me is Odysseus. To hear this story fills me with emotion. It fills my eyes with tears to hear the name of my friend Achilles, whose bones now lie under Trojan sand. But to hear myself described as a hero, a man of honor, makes me want to laugh. I remember the day when I first heard that red-haired many Minelaus, king of Sparta, Minelaus, Minelaus, king of Sparta, was mustering an army to fight against Troy. It was the very day my wife, Benalope, gave birth to our son, Telemachus, Telemachus. When I held that child in my arms, everything changed. Suddenly, I had no desire to sail across the sea to risk my life for the sake 
of another man's wounded pride. For the sake of another man's wounded pride, Odysseus went to fight. He did not want to go for this fight. So when Menelaus, Menelaus lieutenant arrived on the shore of my island, I was not there to meet him. He was met by my wife, the baby in her arms. She told the lieutenant that I had gone mad. She led him to a beach where he found, where he found me, my face streaked with dirt, my hair in greasy ringlet, and my clothes no more than a filthy rag. I had harnesses, I had harnessed a donkey and an ox to plow. I was plowing the sand, sowing handful of salt over my shoulder into the furrow that I had made, raving all the while. This lieutenant was suspicious. Already I was famous for my cunning. Before I understood what he was doing, he had grabbed my baby, run forward and put him under and put him down in front of the plow. When I saw what he had done, I knew he had outwitted me. If I were to continue my pretense of madness, I would have to cut the baby in half with the blade of the plow. I had to admit that I was sane. I mustered an army from among my subjects and I joined the great host that laid siege to the walls of Troy. So Odysseus was famous for, for cunning, for being smart, for being intelligent, for being just uh, have a lot of tricks, a lot of uh, strategies. So when the, the, the lieutenant of Menelaus of Sparta, the king of Sparta, came to invite him, to order him, to demand him, to join the fight with, uh, with, uh, uh, with Troy, uh, he was pretending he was mad. But only when they put his baby under the plow. He was plowing sand, plowing for nothing. He was just pretending to be mad. They put, he put the baby, the lieutenant put the baby under the plow. He stopped because if he continued, the baby will be cut in half. So he had to admit that the lieutenant outwitted him, saw him not insane. He was still sane, so he joined the army involuntarily. 
all of us went a little mad during the war. What with the betrayal and the intrigue, the interventions of the immortals and the stupid, petty arguments among ourselves, my ship was cramped, cramped with precious things. When I set sail for home, as we voyaged, in my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, I could see the heroes welcome I would receive when at last I reached rocky Isaka. I could almost see the streets of my land lined with my people cheering. I could see myself stepping over the threshold, the threshold of my feasting hall to find my beloved wife. My son would be a ten-year-old boy now. I could see the pride in the eyes of my father. I could almost feel my mother's warm embrace. So this must be the lieutenant of, uh, of uh, Menelaus. And this is Penelope. And where is the baby? Oh, this is the baby. The, um, oh, yeah, this is the, the lieutenant of Menelaus. And uh, this is the, 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 the baby. He put the baby under the plow. This is Penelope. So he stopped. He will not plow his baby. So this is a story how he went to the war. He involuntarily went into the war. And he was the hero. He was just an ordinary guy. So from this we can hear uh, Odysseus. At the beginning he was just uh, the same as every one of us. Did not want to do something he has to do. And uh, we went to, sometimes we went to work, we went to finish our duty. Maybe we do not want to do that, but we have to do it. And he did something he didn't want to do, but he did it and did it right. That's uh, quite uh, interesting.